commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Rex Kondak, and you're listening to Coral World News. You're on that new show for in-depth coverage and analysis of all the latest stories from around the galaxy. Please rate, share, and follow us on iTunes, Twitter, and Instagram to keep us broadcasting galaxy Why? Welcome to our special breakdown of Freddy Prince Jr.'s Righteous Rant and the balance of the Force in the Star Wars films. Here are your hosts, Ben, Grant, and Adam, to discuss. All right. Thank you, Grex. Um, this is going to be an interesting episode. We're just yeah. uh, going to sort of ignore the news and just focus on one uh, three-minute rant by Freddie Prince Jr. about Star Wars. Um, on a I, He posted on Instagram, and um, I'm trying to see. I don't even know what the podcast was. Do you guys know what the podcast he was on? Yes, I have it down here. And I now, my cat is sitting on my notes, so let me move my cat and get the notes. Uh, The the Friendship Pod. The Friendship Pod. Yes. Which I guess taped earlier this year, but I guess is now just making the rounds. I don't know if it just, if it didn't get traction the first time or if they waited to release it. But uh, I guess it was recorded earlier this year and just kind of made the rounds last couple days again yeah I, I feel like i had seen something about this and it sort of got brushed over but um it's amazing it, it has yeah it, yeah it, we, we talked about this a little last week we sort of front sell a little bit but like he kind of violated some like i don't know like some non-disclosure agreements like he he talked about things that george lucas said to uh himself and feloni what feloni told him um yeah. and, and he used it he was antagonistic towards uh, Star Wars, disgruntled Star Wars fans. We'll say that haters, yeah, haters. Yes, that's what that's what the kids are calling it, right? <laughs> yeah, if kids, you mean thirty nine year olds who used yeah. to say it? Then yes, yeah, pretty much. Now there's like three generations For me, this of kinda, haters. Uh, yeah, well, For me, this kind of confirmed the uh, idea that the. Of the perpetuity of storytelling in Star Wars, like there can only be equality at the end of each of each trilogy with light and dark on both sides. It makes me think that you can tell these stories forever, and and life story is unending, and it's it's fitting, and it's it's beautiful. It is. It is. Thank you, Grant. It so like that's the kind of impact that this one thing went. So we're you know, yes, he was sort of animated, and it was directed towards a certain people, but we don't really care about that. Um, we're just going to sort of talk about what he talked about and just sort of dissect these nuggets of information that he gave, which were fascinating. Yeah. Um, so uh, first and foremost, something I think we all know is he said uh, it's for effing kids. <laughs> yeah. And, he, you know, he brought it out. He was like the, you know, the original trilogy was for kids and the prequels are for kids and the sequels are for kids. Um, and that like we know that, but it's good to sort of be checked back into that when you're trying to really look through this lens. It's supposed to appeal to children and um, it's using archetypes instead of like major characters. So, um, you know, I, I and I guess it's, he thinks a lot of the frustration is from this. Um, people, are, you know, don't feel as though the new sequels are aging with them. It's you know, it's getting they're not the target audience of the movie anymore. And they're sort of upset by that. Um, So that makes a lot of sense. But then he goes on and, um, you know, he talks about what, you know, he talks about myth. 
right? He talks about like this isn't about archetypes. You know, this isn't Jack Bauer is the one he mentioned. Yeah. But it's actually, you know, there isn't that character here, but there is actually it's just all archetypes. And he mentioned Luke Skywalker as Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty. Which is sort of interesting, actually, because did they talk about I think they talked about um, Sleeping Beauty in Hero of a Thousand Faces. I believe so. I know some of the fairy tale stuff definitely came up. Yeah. For some reason, I really remember the frog and the pearl one, but I think that's just because of the Gungans. But um, they definitely had some in there. Yeah, there was, you know, there was definitely, you know, Western fairy tales and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he they were saying like he has a fairy godfather instead of a fairy godmother. Um, he talks to animals like he, you know, and creatures around him. Like it's actually pretty classic. So, yeah, um, that's actually pretty cool because I hadn't, you know, of all the myth stuff that that we've talked about and we've analyzed Luke a lot. Um, I don't know. That was one that's nice to know, like there's an answer to that one. And like he's very much that sleeping beauty. And I'm not sure, you know, he's. You know, he's the classic hero. I, I always looked at him as like, right. you know, the butchin hero that, you know, runs through and has all the stuff go to them. But I mean, it, it makes a lot more sense that he's like literally a fairy tale, um, a fairy tale character, you know, and one that was popularized by Disney. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting if you look at him, he turned he he became he went from being Cinderella to Sleeping Beauty. Right. I mean, it's very much a Cinderella story in the oh, first yeah. trilogy. And it's oh. a Sleeping Beauty story in the in the sequel. In trilogy. the sequels. I didn't think about that. Actually. No, it just popped in my head too. Because so I was I like, I was like, why did he corrected himself? He was like, he's Cinderella, dude. He's effing Sleeping Beauty, and it, like, yeah. and I was like, Sleeping Beauty, but like, oh yeah, yeah, he's in Crazy. his tower asleep, right, and Octu, yeah. yeah, waiting for the princess to save him, <laughs> right, right, yeah, and much like uh, Cinderella's redressed for you know an audience that's primarily 12 year old boys as what the original trilogy was trying to do i mm. feel like it's come around to now incorporate the female gaze uh femininity uh the heroine's journey and it's just kind mm. of it's it's roped in uh young girls and like i, I this is the best direction for star wars yeah. i'm so excited about the sequel trilogy and doing that and much like uh, r2d2 or bb8 provide provides the missing piece of the map for the journey to begin yeah i feel like that was the missing element in star wars all this time and i'm so happy that it's now back in the story and now we have a complete myth with the animus in mind of both male and female you know yeah. and their journeys yeah exactly it's like it took 40 years to tell this story but it's always been a balanced story um but it's just hasn't told the other side of it yet and now we're getting it and it's um really cool yeah and consistent um with what we've seen so uh that's great so we the he mentioned luke um he also so <laughs> there's another trope he has here uh he mentions video games and he says you know he says briefly video games uh messed up people i'm paraphrasing um uh because you know video games you go in when you play and you level up your character and like that's how you become stronger and do these things and he's saying like that entirely misses the point skill has nothing to do with what happens in star wars which is i mean that in itself it takes a second to sink in like you need yeah. to do that but he was like he said you know it's not luke's skill it's not sidious's skill dictating who wins or loses the force decides so this is where balance comes in um and uh and he this is and this was really the the crux of his conversation here 
was, um, you know, um, he says, you know, he starts off with the, the center of the, the, the trilogy, right? He said Palps and Yoda are the two smartest, but Yoda's blind to the dark side. So you have to say Palpatine is the is the you know smartest person. So he knows that like when Anakin is Anakin's coming, like arising, and he said instead of trying to kill him, which would just bring another one, he's trying to seduce him to double the power of the dark side. So the interesting part about this quote is that he the way he's talking about Sidious, Darth Sidious, is that is as if Sidious didn't create Anakin Skywalker out of the force, the dark side of the force, which is I mean, we talked about this as recent as two episodes ago is like we all pretty much agreed this is what happened. Yeah. Um, And that, uh, you know, so he because he talks about either killing him or, you know, or seducing him to the dark side. And I found that fascinating. I mean, that to me, that leaves open the possibility that he is that Anakin Skywalker is, in fact, the chosen one. Right. Yeah. Which I guess I guess that's the part. Right. Is that's what he's kind of saying is he knows that that uh, Anakin will or whatever Anakin is will be there no matter what. If he kills him, he comes back again in some other form uh, in another Jedi cross. But the question I kind of have is you have a chicken or the egg, which I guess is like why. And and I guess if the chosen one's really supposed to bring balance to the force, how does that work? Unless Anakin is the arm that kills all the Jedi, right? Which is kind of what happens. So right. Isn't it inevitable that it's kind of, you get into this whole thing about fate and destiny and prophecy that I don't particularly enjoy. I think all the things we think happen could have happened. Like Mm -hmm. I, I think he, you know, Anakin was created by, Darth Sidious and perhaps mm-hmm. Plagueis. Um, but maybe, you know, the nature of that is that like, well, they can make a human, but they can't make it bad. They can't make right. it, you know, they can make a, a living being alien or whatever, but they can't make it good or bad. But he knew sort of that he was, I, I mean, it seemed like it was in his plan to sort of shape this creature from, from a very early, from very early on. Yeah. Uh, because it was so, I mean, it was amazing. You know, Anakin was amazingly strong in it. Um, I don't know. It's 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 a uh, it's sort of an interesting thing to think about there. But um, I mean, and then the next point, which is, again, is probably his biggest point here is that, um, you know, so by seducing Anakin Skywalker to the dark side, he's doubled the dark power the you know, dark side power, which brought about uh, balance in Luke and Leia. Right. And, um, yeah. And so. And he's and then he goes on to say, he's like, this is how you can understand all the movies that have had come before. And he's like, and this is how it's clearly spelled out what the end of the Rise of Skywalker is going to be. Right. And I still don't quite understand. I, I don't. I mean, we're going to get balance, but we'll see what that balance is. Right. Right. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After hearing that that rant uh that really heroic rant by freddie miss jr incredible um it makes me think that both ray and kylo are going to live at the end of the rise of skywalker and um and that maybe ray you know starts a new jedi temple and leads the free republic in the galaxy while kylo and his knights are are uh banished to the the outer reaches or the unknown regions or something like that and and light and dark can live in uh, i guess on opposite sides of the galaxy but they can exist together and, and that might be balanced like that might be the best form of balance 
are we all pretty sure that it's going to end in balance? I think it has to. I think every trilogy thus, uh, except for the prequel trilogy. Uh, no, no, because the twins no, are born. So I guess born, every, yeah. yeah, every trilogy has ended with balance. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Turn of the Jedi, though. Darth yeah, where's the balance? Vader, where's the balance? Darth Vader dies, and that's actually oh, dark side. Well, Darth Vader destroyed the Jedi and then destroyed the Sith in killing Palpatine, and so you're you're meant to assume that George's movies are perfect and he's shown you how balance works. But obviously, the sequel trilogy is now kind of exploring more of that story and and expanding that story so yeah yeah i mean because technically all that's left is luke and leia so it's unbalanced and there needs to be a dark side arising and then i mean you could extrapolate well we know we have snoke and kylo right well right so we know based on pre or sequel retconning that um that uh snoke is around right so at that point we have snoke dark side yeah. He's around. We don't know what he's doing, but he's around using the dark side. We have Luke and Leia light side, which, of course, that's why Ben falls to the dark side then. Right. Because then you need that right. balance. He's, he's the, balance. the Anakin in that story, even though. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> we, we get into this whole thing of like, what is balance once again? Right. Like, this is always where we fall down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I know. And, it, and it's this, a... is why, this is why I think Snoke needs some explaining as well, because I uh, he it, he offsets Luke and Leia in a major way, and he kind of just comes out of nowhere. And uh, it would be interesting to see how, where the seed was planted for that character, and why he why he's the key that, that changed Kylo Ren and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, what if he was like I don't know, maybe unknown regions? Like, he could be in galaxy, and maybe he was just like a strong believer or an acolyte or something of the dark side, and then one day um, had an awakening when. Um, when the Emperor and Darth Vader passed away, or at least, you know, Darth Vader passed away. Um, you know, like, I don't know, is that is that how the story went? And then he was like, oh, suddenly I have these powers, and now, because you know he's been sort of acting on this, you know, he said he's wanted to control the world and rule the galaxy for a long, long time. So, um, yeah, a, a lot of question marks there. And even the stuff we know, like, with the prequels, it's still very vague, because there's... I mean, it'd be interesting if if Anakin really was on a knife edge and it could have gone either way and, but was lured to the, you know, did the force make him dark side Anakin or did, you know, Palpatine actually exude so much power that he unbalanced the force because there's a lot of talk about the force being unbalanced in, um, you know, in those early movies in the clone Wars, like whenever that, you know, they have this dark conversations, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, and it's also, and like you said, Ben, I mean, this rant uh, kind of confirms that Anakin was the cho- chosen one if he has yeah. that much sway over the Force. Yeah, right. and that he was, and that he wasn't created by Palpatine and Plagueis, as the the legend stories once told. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I mean, or, or could he be both? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe he is the chosen one and he did bring balance to the force. And basically, we are now in a moment of if history of Star Wars where every story has to end with balance, right? Like that is the yeah. order, the force reordering itself. I mean, even Snoke brings about talks about balance indirectly in The Force Awakens, right? When he says the darkness rises and the light to meet it, yeah. right? Like he that's balance, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, so far, right. I think really yeah. balance. Yeah, I just feel like it's a, it's it's true to life 
that you're constantly trying to navigate your both the both sides of you know your psyche you know your mm-hmm. your darker side and your light side and it just it's it's it adds to the perpetuity of storytelling like i said before like no saga is going to end in a finite form of balance that is going to exist forever and be this the kind of perfect nirvana you know and that's right. never going to happen it's right. just going to be another story another story and another story it just it just allows people within the star wars you know uh creative circles to create more and more and more and more forever like it, it's unending yeah which is sort of interesting like that's that's why i think it might end unbalanced like what if you know ray defeats kylo and the emperor and she's there and it's everyone's you know and and there's other um, Jedi, like new Jedi Padawans or learners or whatever you want to call them. And then, but you see sort of in the last, I don't know, I guess they couldn't really do it. Some inkling or some like natural signaling that like, this isn't the end. There's, you know, there will be darkness to meet it, but for now we, we have a better understanding or it's just of the force and how we're going to manage it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the other thought is too, right. Is balance doesn't necessarily mean Sith and Jedi, right? We have someone who's drawn very strongly to the dark side in Ray. We have someone who's very strongly drawn to the light side, which is yeah. Kylo. I mean, if they resolve and are teaching students together, right, maybe that's balance is, mm. is we get like it, we get like a Yoda and a Mace, right? Cause Mace Windu seems very as close to dark side, light side as you can get. Right. And we're not going to say gray Jedi. Cause as Freddie Prince tells us, there's no, effing thing as gray jedi <laughs> we know that for sure amen oh yeah. man yeah that yeah. was and, and Pablo Pop, Dago said that on record many oh, yeah. a time before yeah. this yeah. yeah which is sort of nice to hear someone else put a yeah. put down on it um i love that idea of the of a school taught by lart and dark teachers and i don't really know harry potter but i know, <laughs> and, you know well but there's there's a thing there too right one of the guys was like not cool it's Harry Potter. It's the houses, right? You get the houses, you get the, yeah. the true and good Gryffindor and you get the kind of the slither inside and you get the snapes and you get the, all these. And so yeah. maybe that's an argument against it because then suddenly it just turns into Harry Potter. But there's something there. There's something there. It's there's a fine line to walk. Yeah. See, I feel, I feel like it's going to break. It's going to become more uh, personal and familial. I think it will break down to something closer to like the Mortis arc where you have Instead of a father, maybe it's a mother and Ray, and she has two children that are light and dark. I think that might be the direction for the future. Um, that, oh, that's kind of what I'm feeling right now, because especially if there is a romance between Ray and Kylo, I mean, and and children are created. I mean, one could be dark, one could be light, and she would have to guide them in different ways and, and figure stuff out. And I feel like, it, and it, I don't know that that seems like the direction that. I would take it in personally, but I can yeah. totally see this temple where there's a Snape and there's, you know, a Dumbledore and you, you have all, you have all the above. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's sort of, it would be great if we heard something about the Mortis arc in um, Rise of Skywalker. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's obviously much more Star Warsy, right. And precedented that they, you sort of have these governing bodies that are related and constantly in, in strife. Yeah, I'd come to think of it. So that arc was really just about the nature of the force, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, was about the, yeah. yeah to, to teach kids and whatever, the, everyone who wanted to know, like, about the nature of the force in, in parable. Right. And yeah, that's right. And, and using the Anakin, family, using the family context. Yeah. Right. And Anakin's, he's in that world. So it's sort of his 
what role does he play in there too? And he's got, you know, there's Ahsoka there and there's Obi-Wan there as well. And so you've sort of got, I don't know, we could see Ahsoka later. Sorry, I'm just rolling this around in the old noodle um, in real time here. But there's probably a lot of signals there because that's another example of a text that has a lot to do about balance. Um, Grant mentioned offline, um, Master and Apprentice is probably loaded with, you know, is about. um, But Grant, you tell it. What did um, you thought they had a lot of signals here too. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think Qui-Gon at one point said the light is there. That's why I choose it. And that's, I think Freddie Prince even said that in his, um, his what he was explaining. I think he said some, he, he quoted Qui-Gon's line, the, the light is there, therefore I choose it. And, and yeah. he, and Qui-Gon believes that choice matters. All our actions matter. And uh, there's another Jedi in that book called Rail Avaros, where he believes he's kind of apathetic towards the balance. And he says, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be light and dark. So it doesn't matter what we do. And, um, and you just have those two points of view and then you also have a little bit of obi-wan's point of view and uh yeah i think it's super important to understanding balance to read claudia gray's master and apprentice but um and even the short story in certain point of view i believe Mm -hmm. of the same title uh very important in terms of understanding balance i really do think she's like the foremost expert on balance in the the writing department (laughs) but uh um I, i yeah there's just so much in that book that I feel like we could be talking about and we could be referencing, but since we're not, and we're going to talk more about the films and the balance in the films, uh, uh, I think that, um, I think that the, it's, it's up to interpretation. Like it's up to endless interpretation. And I also, there's something to action and inaction. I think, uh, when Obi-Wan surrenders himself to the force, raises a saber and Vader cuts him in half. Uh, when, when, um, you know, when people surrender themselves to the force, that inaction, is is very very important to mm-hmm. achieving balance and i think that that's that's something i would love to talk about and go in depth about is kind of when and it's not inaction i, I don't want to say it's inaction i think it's a surrendering yourself to the force uh, to to maybe show the dark side that the light is extremely powerful and then you get a tempered dark side which i think is the best form of balance it's it's when vader sees that obi-wan has faded away into the force i think at that point vader is now tempered he is he's tempered ideas about the dark side and he's he's not driven to become as dark as possible anymore i think it's at that point it's a safer balance after that it's interesting maybe that's kind of the moment he becomes more open to moving back towards the light right like we see kind of his arc towards the dark right. side that might be the moment where he realizes he he missed it he missed something yeah, it's interesting to think of all these characters as like, no, you're you're black or white. You know, you're you're on one one side or the other of this coin and 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 you're never, you know, the same. It's it makes the the future interesting because trying to think of just like straight up evil Kylo is like I don't know. Like yes. they're Kylo and Rey are, are are drawn towards each other, like towards the middle. So we have yeah. to believe they are the the crux of balance right there. So what's going to happen? Are they just going to be immovable forces towards, you know, either of them, if they're not going to be gray Jedi. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. We did this with Anakin, right? We did the whole, when we did the rewatch of the prequels, we kind of had a long, long discussion about when did he fall to the dark side? Right. When did that begin? Um, but we've never had the other side of that discussion and I haven't heard anyone else really have the other side of the discussion is when was Darth Vader beginning his redemptive arc, right? Was it because it's not as simple as just like 
you suddenly turn good. It's I don't think it's just as simple as he saw his son getting electrocuted, turned and picked up the the emperor and threw him down a shaft, right? Like that's not how redemption works. It's it's yeah. it's like when was he opening himself up to it? And it, it is a pro. It's it's a process, just like the process that his his seduction to the dark side. I think was a was a was a process. I wonder if right, it, so I'd, yeah. yeah, you go, Ben. No, I, I, you know, the the first thing that stuck in my mind was was Return of the Jedi, where he uh, they meet on the ATAT. Yeah. But um, but that's not really true. He's definitely it's definitely before then. It's sort of like once he understands he's there, or they meet. I think it's the first time they meet in person. He's I think he's swung. You know. Yeah. But I don't know because there's a lot of this. He's up to a lot of ancillary agendas in the comic books that are sort of go against cities yeah and there's the issue right like and there's the issue with we start talking about the prey prince stuff is like what do you do with the whole eu what yeah like what do you do with all these other force force users wandering around and how's that affect balance right right i think he would i mean it really felt on this like second and third listening to it that he was really you know lucas just had our main characters in mind yeah, and, it, and it's just like you just have to assume all else is equal. So that's the real, you know, that's the tough part to sort of for me to bend my mind around because it's still a little fungible. It's like, all right, Snoke's gone. Luke's gone. Um, and you just have Kylo and Ray. So I, I think they were they were that foursome was balancing each other out. But then you've got Leia and she's sort of like, a you know, she was powerful enough to balance the force back when it was, you know, there's no one but. Sidious and Vader, right? So, I mean, is Leia the now the opposite number for Palpatine, and Palpatine's coming back? Or you know, as soon as they killed Snoke, did that allow his essence or that you know that quantity of dark force energy to you know bring Palpatine back in whatever method he chose? Right. Yeah. It, it opened up a door or something. Yeah. I don't know because that may be it. But they like. Right. Because Luke was really, he wasn't even on the map. He was on the map for like a matter of minutes, right? He 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 reconnected with the Force, and then and then he pulled his stunt at crate, and then he was gone. But I don't know, was that enough time to was that? Did he awaken Sidious just by doing that? Hmm. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And and has has Sidious been around since the end of Return of the Jedi? Because that would really offset the balance equation. And yeah. as you were saying before, with Leia and Palpatine being outliers to the Rey and Kylo conflict, I think they offset the balance themselves. And so I think Leia and Palpatine uh, are going to have some are going to make some big moves in this next film. I think uh, I think they're part of the equation as well. We can't discount them. I think it's it's Rey and Kylo, but Leia and Palpatine are there in that that balance equation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think we could have had two trinities secretly at the beginning of this trilogy, right? The Snoke, you know, Snoke, Kylo, and Palpatine on one side, and Luke, Leia, and Rey on the other. Right. And so Leia would have even so if you even if you look at it through that lens, Rey came about because Luke and um, Han, I mean Leia and Han had uh, had a, you know just one child. It's it was it's interesting that you know they didn't have twins like they did in the expanded universe. Oh, would, interesting. Would, yeah, but there would be no sequel trilogy, I think, if they did. I think they ended up having three kids, right? And then one of the twins. Yeah. Fell the dark side. Anyways. Uh, yeah. 
Um, any other points? So, and then uh, he, you know, he puts a um, a punctuation mark on there that, uh, well, he, I mean, he talks about other archetypes. Han Solo is the re- reluctant hero. Maul is Sisyphus. Um, we've talked a lot about this <laughs> offline, but I, I had never thought about Maul as Sisyphus um, until this, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't know if that was um, really... George Lucas's idea in the, when he created that character, but certainly once Filoni took him over, it definitely yeah. became Sisyphus. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. as much as he is Sisyphus, it's he, he was a character who died in episode one and then Filoni wanted to bring him back. And so it's kind of, he's just taken that role after yeah. his roles in the film. I think his role in the film is, uh, you know, I think he's just the beast. He's the, the enemy. He's the, the dark you know, Shadow, he's not so much Sisyphus in the film, but then when he go into Clone Wars and go into Rebels, yeah. he, of course, takes on that archetype or that mythological uh, role. Yeah. Persona. Um, and, yeah, so um, and Freddy goes on uh, to say that um, you don't get to level up like video games. So, again, sort of after having this conversation, it makes a little more sense about that. It's like, I guess he's probably answering some criticisms that it's like, why is Ray all of a sudden super powerful? And he's like, well, Luke was, you know, super powerful as well, right off the bat. That's like, that's not it. Either you have it or you don't. And you get into it. These are archetypes. These are mythological, mythological figures. There isn't like this and they're not video games. It's not this rank. You're not going to see this, you know, power up, you know, there's not going to be, well, montages, but there kind of was with Luke, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's it's learning. It's not really like it's not powering up. I mean, the I mean, that's what even kind of that's what Yoda says, like the power is there, right? The power, the power Luke had day one is the same power as the last day of his life. He's just learned how to tap into that power and how to use it a specific way. Right. Campbell often said that Obi-Wan and uh, gave Luke uh, a weapon in the lightsaber, but also gave him uh, a psychological center. And that mm. is a force. And uh, I love calling it a psychological center, as Campbell does, because that's exactly what you're talking about, Adam. It's like Yoda, the force is has always been there, and Luke is tapping in and out of it. But it's it's that center, it's that that Zen, that kind of um, uh, that meditation on life that's so important that if you forget about it, you're going to do these actions that are going to cause so much strife and and conflict right. in the galaxy. If you forget about meditating on the force of life and you know yeah i think that's that's the super key to understanding balance but it's also like it's also vague yeah <laughs> so. very vague yeah <laughs> but that's okay that's what we want sometimes a bit of vagueness yeah. is okay if yeah. we didn't have va- if there wasn't vagueness yeah. in star wars we would literally not have a podcast right and and i mean that leads to his last point which was the punctuation again star wars is for effing kids which is laughable, right? I mean, it, it is. And on its yeah. face, it is. But we we were kids when we watched this, you know, the first movies and have been watching it since. But then it's like you see there's all these other amazing layers to it. And that's that's what makes Star Wars. You know, it's on its face. It's a kid's story and it's fun and it's myth. And it's these, you know, really, you know, it's space opera. It's great. Yeah. And then but its roots go so much deeper. And there is all this sort of mystery and lore and myth and mythology it's like it's in and itself it's it is meta if we can actually use that term correctly it because it's it's its own mythology made up of mythologies right um, and it's our it's kind of our current mythology too because it's it, it reflects you know these movies reflect what's going on um in the world at the time too um in a lot of ways 
Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So four kids, also four adults. But um, yeah, if you, if you don't remember that first point, then um, it'll it might skew your views as yeah. you go on. I mean, cool. these are the only movies that still make me feel like a kid when I watch them. Like yeah. I get that same yeah. movie excitement that I got when I was a kid for the first time. I remember I feel it every time when I saw Force Awakens. I remember that feeling. I remember the same thing with Last Jedi. You know, so it's yeah. why I still love it. It reminds me of, of what it's like to be a kid. And it's also, you know, I'll, I'll just say it. It's nice to hear these lessons taught to me again. They're they're good lessons because they're lessons for kids. Yeah, yeah. totally. That Eric reminds me of a little story. I, I um, randomly tried out a new Italian restaurant and um, had no idea what to find there. I ended up eating at the bar with my wife. Um, it was, you know, kind of like a wasn't exactly what we thought it would be, but they had Empire Strikes Back on on the TV. <laughs> there and it was just sort of like and my dad was there too and they're like haha ben star wars guy he must love this you know and i would, but like i did <laughs> like, of course yeah, yeah. i still looked at it and i was like i was giddy i was like you know trying to be like oh yeah no it's no big deal and it was just glued in and there yeah. and just like <laughs> joyful and like it was just the greatest thing um, yeah they do good stuff and uh cool. um so before we end this episode, I wanted to run through the films with you guys, and maybe we could just quickly say whether we thought it was balanced or was skewed to one side or the other. Let's do it. Yeah, great idea. Love it. Episode one. Uh, what do we think? Do we think it's balanced? Do we think it's? You know, do we think that the Jedi Order is offsetting everything? What do you guys think? Well, I mean, they say it's not in balance, but they say it's tipped towards the dark side, right? They're like, oh, there's a there's a disturbance in the Force, right? And there's something going on, but the you know for all the Jedi that there are, none of them can see it. So it's confusing. I, I don't. Well, so I yeah. So here's how I take it. I think it's way unbalanced. I think it's unbalanced towards the light side. And the reason why they can't see the dark side is because it's the force helping the dark side to correct itself. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's yes. providing them with that that shadow. I mean, to be honest, I feel like the the probably there hasn't been balance in the force since. Um, I don't know. There were the Sith Jedi Wars, if that's still a canon thing, right? Ever right. since the rule of two, I think it's been out of balance towards the light side. I agree. So that disturbance right. might be the like balance happening to the force and the dark side, you know, starting to shift and, and come back into 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 order. Right. And in the uh, the Carpetian's Bane novels, I think Bane equates the force to a like a venom that loses its potency if there's more people using it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that pertains to the light side as well. And they're kind of all losing their foresight and their ability to, you know, receive visions from the force and whatnot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. And I do like that idea of Anakin bringing balance. Um, so let's move on. You wanted to go to uh, uh, Attack of the Clones, the best of the series. Attack of the Clones. What do you guys think? Hmm. Do we know when um, I say uh, so. oh. I was going to say, do we know when um, uh, Count uh, Dooku fell to the dark side? Was it between episodes Before that one movie. and two? So yeah. so think about that. So now you have a one light side. It's not quite a, the same, but you have a light side falling to the dark side as opposed to Maul, who was always dark side, right? Raised to be dark side. So. Right. maybe we have it moving a bit towards we have war we have jedi at the end of it we have a lot more jedi killed right so ventress is out there somewhere yep. I mean, yeah so. sisters are thriving it's yeah. you know it's i i think i think it's an extension of one where it's like yeah. it's not balanced yet but it's closer like it's, it's i look at it as sort of like balance. an avalanche of cards or something falling over from one column into a second column 
and yeah. it's like halfway fallen over by two. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then by three, right? We, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's even closer, but it's not quite. It, it, it's pretty close to balance. And then you have Vader, just like systematically killing off Jedi. I mean, he's. It, it was tragic, but he's literally bringing balance to the Force by doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. Right? I think Order sixty six, yeah. right? So I guess here's my here's my quandary about that. See, this is the problem. I loved I loved Preference Union's rant, and every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh, I totally get it. And then I move away and start thinking about it, and it yeah. breaks my brain because at the end of at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, we don't just have Luke and Leia and Sidious and Vader. We also have Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda, but are they just not part of the equation because they've taken themselves out of it? They're just not in it. It's weird, right? Yeah, I think I think yes. I think okay. you're right because there's something about being like active agents and being like de- deactivated agents. Like yeah. they didn't cut themselves off the force like Luke did, but it, it seems like Luke took him out of himself out of the equation when he went Sleeping Beauty. Right. And it, and it, I I seem to it seems by like Lucasian not uh, logic that yes, they did take themselves off the the balance by you know putting All themselves right. into exile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that answer? Uh, I'm okay with that answer. I think it's a little like I, I, I mean, I hate to use the term retconning, but it feels like you know I, I feel like I, I got to be honest. I don't think Lucas was thinking of this idea of balance when he was writing four, five, and six. I think this is something he. Yeah. I don't. I do not. I really don't. Uh, I think he thought it was interesting, and I think it is interesting, and I'm glad it's added in. I like it. I think it. I think it adds a level to all, or layer to all this stuff. But, but you get all these things. But I, I, I can, I can work with that, right? That like if you're not, you know, if you've secluded yourself and you're not really working towards any goals in the force, then you're not really part of it. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. Well, I think uh, I think uh, I think Obi Wan and um, Yoda have to be viewed as less powerful than Darth Vader and uh, Palpatine because the twins yeah. are then born, and that kind of equals everything equals out after that. So, I think so are you saying it's it's two be. balancing out four? Like they're so powerful that they outbalance the four people alive? Like that would well, be. Well, we're gonna put numbers to it. I would give like the chosen one a three. I would give Palpatine like a two because he's a little more powerful than a one. I would give Yoda a two and give Obi-Wan a one and then the twins are two and it's a uh, five and five. Oh, two because but that's just, that's just doing obscure math. Yeah, no, sure. but th- that's you, you're paraphrasing what I said. Like it's it's so the four of them balance out the two of the dark side in power. I mean, the other option, right, is that it's still not in balance. We think it's in balance. It's not in balance. Uh, and that's what the whole sequel trilogy trilogy is going to to get to true balance. Or the original trilogy is going to get right. to true balance. Well, right. Right. Because right. I would but love if Anakin was actually created by Palpatine and the Skywalkers are descendants of like some odd Sith blood ritual kind of thing. That would be yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to actually argue the opposite because, you know, it makes it interesting and say it's still not balanced. It's still yeah. tipping in the light side. I'm, that's what I'm going to say. I kind of like that idea too because it's like that. Then three, it's it's not balanced at three. It's not balanced at six, right? Right, but it's, it's closer, right? It's closer to it, but it's like, and then we're actually going to get to balance because it's at six. You have 
it's on way unbalanced towards the light. Yep. Um, but like, so maybe this is, I mean, the rise of Skywalker could mean like the real rise of the dark side to actually meet with balance. If, if we're going by this map, it's never really, um, it never really would have been balanced. There wouldn't be enough dark side energy to balance it out. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a question. That's by this, of... yeah. Go ahead, Grant. I was just saying by this, by this kind of weird math I'm doing, I feel like maybe Leia and Palpatine have to cancel each other out, but Ray and Kylo uh, should outlive the film and I, or possibly die in the film, but have a shared destiny because they represent, I think they're the best representation of the balance we've ever had in the film. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they have to exist after this film, either as ghosts in in unity forever, or uh, or living is still alive and uh, on separate sides of the galaxy. Yeah. Or 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 living or alive and building a school together. You know, I mean, there's like those are the three routes I see. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if we're thinking balance, and it really is going to be balance, and and balance means equal light and equal dark, and we are assuming Palpatine is really, really, really not going to make it out alive this time, um, then we're left with Rey and Kylo, and you're right, like, they both have to survive. They have to make it through. Well, so, I guess the end of this is we don't need to go see the movie now, right? Because we know how it ends. No, yeah, I'm absolutely, I'm, I know less <laughs> after this conversation than I did at Me the too. beginning of it. Yeah. Um, because I, well, me, I feel like it would be cool if Leia takes out Palpatine. Like that would be fun. Yeah, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. So that also means Leia can't make it out alive, right? But it, I, I want her to, but I feel like this kind of equation that Freddie alludes yeah. to makes me think she's not going to, and and neither is Palpatine. Or Ray doesn't, and it's just mother and son. Mm. Ray takes Eesh. out Palpatine. And so it's just like, but then you have, see, that's all of these eventualities essentially say that Kylo turns back to the light. Lightish, maybe. Yeah. I mean, the, to me, the math feels a lot more two thirds, one third is, is what balance is. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I still don't know because I, I, it's tough to see Kylo live and be dark throughout the whole experience. I mean, it, it can totally happen. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, if Palpatine, how is Palpatine going to be defeated by, you know, without Kylo being involved? You know, for whether, yeah. you know, on the good side, like he would have to like, he's just going to be a neutral agent while, Cal you know, Palpatine gets gets taken out. It seems sort of um, it or does, it, yeah. unlikely or yeah. I mean, he's fighting for Palpatine and lives, I guess. Um, would be how that would work. Maybe. It's all very confounding math, but it does make sense <laughs> from a certain no. point of view. It does. And I think I think Grant kind of hit the nail on the head with trying to put numbers to this stuff. We don't know we don't know the weight of these yeah. things or the math that's there. Is it is it simple one to one or as or as Grant's trying to do, which is probably more accurate, which is trying to assign actual values. Weighted like, like, value. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I imagine it's all pretty fungible, anyways. But it adds to this force conversation. weight. Yeah, force, force weight. weight. I mean, we know there is force weight in galaxy, so why wouldn't it count towards a balance, right? Some people are stronger than others. Um, right. Yeah. Well. Cool. Cool. All right. So well, I hope that, that clarifies it. it for everyone. 
Yeah, man, we figured it out. We know actually nothing. So um, thanks for the going on the journey with us. Um, yeah. Do you want to do you want a light sided end or, or like a light ending for this? I'm sure you I was Googling Freddie like Prince Jr. And he's been married to Sarah Michelle Gellar for 17 years, which I think is awesome oh. in Hollywood. They're still married. The light in the dark. Yeah. And in then Sarah. I also <laughs> and I was talking with, I was talking with my wife about this and the fact that we were both imagining he just always rants about Star Wars, much like we do. And he's and she's just like, just go on a podcast and talk about it. I can't hear it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, all right, I will. Um, Freddie, if you're listening, please come on our podcast. We could just listen to you for hours. Truly. Uh, uh, awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks again for listening to us. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.